morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord. How many of y'all are glad to be here today? I'll tell you what, I want you to give me a, a big old round of applause if you're glad to be back in this house today. Yes. I'll tell you what, this first song is house of the Lord, and there's nothing like the joy of being in his presence. And I pray, Lord, today that you would just fill this house, God, that you would bring your holy presence in this place, Lord, and we would exalt you and glorify you.
What a sweet presence in this house. Amen. It's almost like God's just been waiting for us to come back. It's like he's been here waiting for us just to come and be in his presence. Amen. How many know that sometimes we just have to say you're good? Even when things don't look like it, even when things don't feel like it, we just have to stand and say, God, you're good. Because no matter what the circumstance or no matter what the situation, you don't change. Because your word says that you are faithful. And you are faithful that you cannot deny yourself. And so sometimes we just have to stand in the midst of adversity. We have to stand when things look bleak and we have to say, God, oh, but God, you're good. God, you're good. God, you're good. Psalms 121, 1 and 2 say, I will lift my eyes into the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who makes heaven and earth. It's easy for us sometimes just to go other places and look for the help that we need. Amen. When we're, when we're distraught or when we're down or when we're struggling, it's easy just to try to run to someone that we know or try to go to a friend or, or try to speak to someone that we, that we trust or, or whoever, wherever we need. But David had an understanding in his heart that God was the only one who could help him. That God was the one who he lifted his eyes to. That God was the one who sent help. He knew where to run in times of trouble and I know God's saying to us today I'm the one that you need to run to in times of trouble just lift your eyes up into the hills and look to me I am the maker of heaven and earth and I will be your help amen I know God's saying that I'm just as I was just thinking about this verse I, I was reminded of the scripture in the Old Testament where Elijah the Syrian army had surrounded Elijah and his people and his servant went out and was like what are we going to do I mean like they're surrounded what are we going to do and Elijah says it's okay and then he prayed for God to open his eyes open the eyes of my of his servant so he could see that even though he thought he was surrounded by the enemy greater are those who are with us than those who are against us And sometimes I feel like we just have to stop and pray, God, open my eyes. God, open my eyes that I see those who are with me, those who are on you, who are with me, with you, those who come from your your place, God, those who come from your kingdom, those who come, Father God, to help me in time of trouble. I love that. I love that story. I love sometimes we just need to have our eyes opened. Father God, we just come to you right now in prayer. We come to you, Father, in this season and in this time. And Father God, those who feel pressed and those who feel distressed and those who feel weary, Lord God, I just pray, Father, if they can't hear your voice, that you would open their ears to hear your voice. And I pray, Father, if they can't see you moving and they can't see that you've surrounded them, I pray, God, that you open their eyes, oh God, so that they see and know that you are for them and not against them, Lord God. Father, that you're working when they don't know you're working, God. Father, teach us to abide in your presence as never before. Father, teach us, oh God, to trust you as never before. God, stir faith up within us, oh God, that we have your word and we know how to wield it as a weapon, Father. But most of all, God, let us rest. Teach us to rest, oh God, in the midst of the battle.
Thank you. 
go back to that bridge. We're going to go back to that bridge. We're going to stay in this worship. Because he has no rival. He has no evil. Amen. He has no rival. He has no evil. I speak to death right now. I speak to the sickness. I speak to the, those names that, Lord, we're not even going to mention because, God, you have no rival. And you have no evil.
Come on, can you lift up holy hands? Can you lift up holy hands in the house? Can you begin to thank him for his goodness and his mercy and his grace over your life? He brought you here today. You're here today. He's been good to you. If you have the activity of your limbs, he's been good to you. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David goes on to say, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you stretch your hands towards heaven if God has been so good to you today? God, we thank you, Lord, for keeping us. God, for bringing us together, God, at this time, at this moment in history. God, thank you, Lord, for preserving us, for sustaining us, for loving us. God, today, Lord, there are many, Lord, that, that are fighting sickness right now, God, in our family, God, in our church. God, I pray right now. That the blood of Jesus would begin to flow right where they're at. Cells begin to regulate. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare it. We believe it. We decree it. God, we pray for marriages today, Lord. People with situations. God, people looking for answers, Lord. We lean into you. God, we pray for those struggling, God, with maybe depression, Lord, or struggling in their life. We come against the spirit of depression right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you would give peace. God, where, there's dis dis where people are living in despair, God, I pray peace over their minds and peace over their hearts. God, we lift up each and every need. God, there are so many, Lord, so many calls this week, God, I received. That God, found out so many things, Lord, that make me want to go, why? But, God, I trust in you, Lord, and I lean unto you, Lord. I don't lean into my own understanding, but I trust you, God. Through all circumstances, through all situations, God, you are good. Lord, we worship you. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Come on, all my life. Come on, sing it all my life. Come on, sing it out, church. Sing it out, church. Come on, church, love on him.
We worship you, Jesus. Come on, can you lift your hands? Come on, all across this building. Come on, begin to love on him. I don't want to orchestrate your praise today, but you ought to lift up your hands. You ought to lift up your voice and give him adoration. sweet to trust in Jesus. Come on, you know it. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. And to know, thus say the Lord, thus say the Lord. Come on, sing it, church. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, To trust in Jesus, trust is just to trust, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing. Come on, say his name. this verse. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> I've learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know, and I know that thou art with me. Come on, sing it, church. You will be with me. Will be Come on, say his name, declare it, yeah.
Jesus, give him adoration and praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house today. Amen. Look at your neighbor on the other side and say, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. It's so good to see you today. So glad to have you today in, in the house, and uh, it feels good to be in church. Four of you are excited to be in church today. Uh, we have been battling within our church body. Uh, people, and there are many, as you could tell, are quarantining today and, 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 and pulled to the side. And I am just now getting over covid and, uh, and I had a pretty mild case of COVID. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And uh, it was not ter too, too terrible. I know many people have struggled with it. And, uh, but God is, was faithful and walked with me through that and with my family. And God has sustained us. Amen. I don't stand on the name of pharmaceuticals, but I stand on the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with pharmaceuticals. I believe medicines are good, but I stand on the name of Jesus first and foremost in my life. And I'm so grateful for Jesus Christ and His saving grace over me. And if, if you're here today, we're so glad you're here. So glad to see you. We, we have been on a two-week, basically, hiatus and uh, we, we the, uh, talked to the board and just felt like it was the right move to, to just kind of lay low and uh, just to keep from spreading the virus and the possibility of spreading it. And so we, we, we took some time. And as you can tell, some people are not here this morning. I got a lot of calls this morning and people just playing, playing it safe. And there's nothing wrong with that. How many knows that God gives us wisdom? <laughs> God gives us wisdom, and, uh, and uh, I tell you what, a lot of times we save a lot of heartache and problems if we would learn to walk in the wisdom that the Lord gives us, and, uh, and so I, I just want to say it is so good to see you today. If you are a guest with us, I want to say welcome from the bottom of my heart. My name is Pastor TJ. I'm so glad that you're here today, so glad to see you. Uh, can we give all of our guests to welcome those online, those here today? Oh, man, I am so happy to be in the house of the Lord. I, I, Wednesday night, I, I did a little devotion on Wednesday night, and it was, you know, even though I, we were not here, it was so good just to, to be able to kind of connect with people online. And uh, I tell you what, I don't want to take that for granted that God has allowed us to come together, and God has given us the chance to come together. And the scripture says, do not forsake the gathering uh, together. And so we, we want to we make sure that we, we do that. It's so good to see you today. I 
I tell you what, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Amen. Do you feel the presence of the Lord in the house today? Are you guys awake today? Everyone look at your neighbor, shake your neighbor, say, wake up. It is, I, I, am, I am thrilled to be here. I tell you what, I, I want to just be a little bit transparent. Last night I had a very difficult night, and it's not anything to do with, with COVID. I just kind of flip-flopped all night and uh, just had a real struggle. I even, I even called a couple of people that said, just be ready uh, for, for today, just in case, for some reason that I, I cannot go through. But by the Lord's strength today, I'm going to be able to speak to you, and I believe that God has a word for us today. Amen. How many believe that God has a word for us today? <laughs> Amen. And uh, we're going to finish. Uh, we've been going through a series against all odds. And how many have ever felt like the odds were stacked against you, where you felt like uh, there is no way that, that you can win? I, I remember um, back in in 2011 when the St. Louis Cardinals were in the World Series and in game six, I'm a big St. Louis Cardinal fan, so I got to go, I got to go there. All the Cubs fans are like, boo, but it's all right. All right. But in, in game six of the 2011 World Series, the Cardinals had their backs up against the wall and they were down to their last strike and their last out multiple times in that game. And by when the odds were stacked against them, they were able to come out and win that game and win the World Series. And sometimes in our lives, spiritually, we feel like the odds are stacked against us. But like, can I tell you something? You and God make a majority. And there's nothing that the enemy can throw at you that, that God cannot stop. Amen. God can stop anything that the, any device that the enemy throws at you. And, I, and so I want to talk to you today on this simple subject of sun stand still. Everyone say sun stand still. And if you want, you can go to Joshua chapter 10, and uh, we're going to be reading there. And Zaylee, I'm going to ask you to come read that for me. I, I, I threw her a curve, so she's going to help me out in just a minute. But, and, and you know what? You can, you can use, uh, use that mic right there, all right? Use that mic right there. But I, I want to talk to you today about audacious faith. I've been talking a lot about faith and, uh, and faith, radical faith. How many could say that you have audacious or a radical faith? All right, Romans 12.3 says each of us is given a measure of faith. And faith, listen, faith, the reason I talk about faith so much is faith is the foundation of our walk with Jesus. It's by faith we are saved. It's by faith that we are healed. And it's by faith that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I talked about this on Wednesday night in my devotion. And it was, I talked about the four... Uh, men that took the paraplegic man and dropped him down into where Jesus was teaching and they took and went through all the effort and Jesus's words to them was hey you there you are saved by their faith by the faith of those men and your faith can move mountains amen do you believe that today and and the Bible doubles down concerning faith in Hebrews eleven six, and it says without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, faith is the foundation of what we believe and what we know. And can I say this today? If your dream for your life does not intimidate you, there's a good chance that it is insulting to God. Oh, that bounced off all the walls in here. 
<laughs> if your dream for your life or does not intimidate you, there's a good chance it is insulting to God. Audacious faith is the stuff that triggers normal-headed people like you and to me to move into boldness. Audacious or radical are words that most Christians will not use to express their faith. Does your faith, is it audacious, is it radical enough that if you were to compare it to some of the biblical characters in the Bible, that they would, would walk, would they look at your faith and say, man, you have a radical faith like Paul, or you have an audacious faith like, like, like this person. And oftentimes we don't use those words. Most of, most of us are okay with the normal, the status quo faith that barely pushes us to show up to church, to give occasionally, to, wit, uh, to witness, you know, but most of us, we, we, we don't, it doesn't push us out of our comfort zone. And I'm talking about radical faith. Everyone say radical faith. And I want to address faith in its proper light that God has called us to walk in. Now, listen, I want to be really careful because I think a lot of people have taught on faith and, 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 and misused a lot of faith. I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I'm not talking about, hey, uh, you know, hey, Pastor, I want you to pray that God will give me this Cadillac. Well, I'll pray if it's God's will. But it's not a name it, claim it kind of thing or grab it, uh, you know, or gab it, grab it kind of thing. But faith is th simply this, trusting in Jesus. All right. The Bible tells the story of, of the nation of Gibeon. And when the Israelites were, were, were uh Taking ground in the promised land, the Gibeons, you know what they did? They, they kind of pulled the wool over the Israelites' eyes. They, they dressed in their worst clothes, and they, brought, they made themselves look bad. And they went because they were terrified of Israel. And they went to Israel and said, hey, we're a, we're a nation here from afar, and we, look at us. We're struggling, and you know what? We don't want to fight you guys. Matter of fact, we want to make a treaty with you guys. And what happened was even the leaders, Joshua at that time, even the leaders without praying, they made a treaty with the Gibeons, and they said, hey, we will not overtake you. And oftentimes, I can't help but wonder, oftentimes, many of the problems that we face are because of a lack of prayer in our lives. Even with the best intentions, you know, sometimes we, we miss it because there's a lack of prayer or a lack of preparation in our lives. Even as leaders, even oftentimes, we, we just simply miss it. And this is what happened. The Gibeons, they deceived Israel, including the leaders, and they didn't pray about it. And there's, there's just something to be said about that. And so I want to look at this scripture, Joshua chapter 10. I'm going to have Zaley read that for me today. And, and 6 to 14, can you read it off the back screen or do you want to read it right here? I'll let you read it right here if you want. Come on, give Zaley a hand. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servant now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. 
Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all along the way to Azekah and Kedah. All the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon. The Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven, and they continu- that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more than more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave on that on the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all of them, all of the people of Israel. He said, "Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. It says, is this event not recorded in the book of Jeshar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky, and it did not set as a normal day. Look at this, verse 14. I want you to pay attention to this. There has never been a day like this one before or since. Everyone say that with me. There has never been a day like this one before or since. When the Lord answered such a prayer, surely the Lord fought for Israel that day day. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint it. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through it today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just move our faith, God, from a place maybe of complacency today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would stir it up within our hearts today. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, use me how you see fit today, we pray. And everyone said, amen. All right, so I, I want to talk to you. So in this story there, thank you, Zaley, for reading that for me. In that story, uh, we see at the Gibeons, you know, they had made a, a treaty with the Israelites. And so they found themselves, the Gibeons were fighting the Amorites. And because they had made a treaty with Israel, they went to Israel and they asked Israel to come and fight for them. Now, Joshua could have said, too bad, fight your own battle. But what, what Joshua did, because he was a man of honor, he, he followed through with his word. And he went through and he went to go fight this, the, the Amorites. And so well, I want to speak to you on that. There has never been a day like this one before or since. So the first thing I want to talk to you about in your audacious, audacious faith or your radical faith is this. Number one, we got to learn to speak it. Everyone say speak it. A lot of us are good at speaking. And some of you are looking at your spouse right now. And some of you are good at speaking for a long time. Anybody ever heard a story from a child that could have been a minute long, but it ended up being 30 minutes because they just kept adding to it and it kept going and going. And some of you are saying, Pastor, that's you every time you speak. You didn't have to agree with that. But, but have you ever met someone that can turn a one-minute story into a 45-minute story, Pastor? No. Uh, but I, I read this, this study uh, from the University of Pennsylvania that stated this. Did you know this? Men speak on average about 7,000 words per day. Women speak on average. Twenty thousand words per day. It's no wonder that they do because my wife is constantly asking me, babe, did you hear what I said? Babe, were you listening to me? 
<laughs> that's probably what most of them are. Uh, but, but honestly, uh, she has to repeat those things many, many, many times. But oftentimes, and the study also said this, that, that women speak faster, but, and, and they also use more brain power to process what they're speaking. So, hey, kudos to you ladies, all right? Uh, but, but here's what I know. We have to learn to speak things we have to learn to speak things into existence, and, and, and we have to speak. But here's what we need to know. The miracle for Israel does not happen unless Joshua verbalizes it. It would not have happened if he did not verbalize it. He spoke it out loud. He verbalized it in his prayer, and he asked in faith out loud in front of Israel. You know what I've come to find out? Uh, you know, most of us, we don't like to pray out loud. We don't like people to know what we're praying because we're concerned about our reputation. Sometimes we won't speak things because we're afraid of our reputation. I mean, if you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. Even at the detriment of, uh, and this is what Joshua did, even at the detriment of his reputation and calling, he asked God to stop the sun and the moon. You know what kind of faith that takes? Many of us struggle to even ask God out loud in front of our family for specific things. And one of the reasons we don't speak out in prayers and faith is because of our reputation. We're worried about what people will think. Reputation is important to us. How many of us take selfies for Facebook, for social media, and we don't post it unless we like it? I don't like that picture of me. Let me take another one, right? We're concerned about our reputations. And oftentimes we live for likes and we live for hearts and we live for things from other people because it's all about our reputation. But look at this. Reputation is what others believe about you. But can I tell you this? Your character is who you really are. And many people have good reputations but have no character. And there's a difference in the two because I tell you what, a lot of people can fool a lot of people by making you think that they are good people. But in the secret place, they are very rotten to the core. So some of us, listen, listen, some of us will not speak things or pray out loud because we are afraid that our reputation will be hurt. But let's look at this. I want to show you something. Jesus is the ultimate servant. He's the ultimate example of not worrying about his reputation. Matter of fact, Philippians 2, 5 through 7 says this, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no, 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 taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of, of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Nobody was afraid to throw their reputation away like Jesus. He was God. He came down and dwelt among men, suffered. So our job is not to worry about our reputation or the Lord's, but time and time again, the Bible tells us to trust in God. Amen. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord God with all your heart and lean not to your what? Your own understanding. But here's the problem. When we are worried about our reputation, we're concerned about our own understanding. Leaning to ourselves, worrying about that. And a servant does not care about their reputation. A servant, as a servant, we should be 
more, we should care more about what God thinks than what people think. Now, it's quiet in here, but I know you're getting this in your heart. And look at this. Jesus, look at this. Jesus was accused when he was performing miracles of being Beelzebub, but he didn't even let that phase him because he knew who he was. He didn't even address it. People were like, where is he getting, is getting this power? Is, is he Beelzebub? Is he, is he sorcery? Is it magic? And, and let me tell you this. When you know who you are, when you know whose you are, you don't have to worry about what people think about you. You are a child of God. The Bible says when you're a child of God, you are ahead, not the tail. You are above and not beneath. The, the Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are sons and daughters of the Most High. You are bought with the price. You are redeemed. You are loved. And you are free. Do you know whose you are? Here's the problem. I get distracted and we get distracted by others' opinions of our reputation but we got to be like Jesus and only concern ourselves with what God thinks about us and not what people think about us. Many of us, oftentimes, we, we struggle with, with a, a post-faith traumatic disorder. And, and I'm, not, I'm not making fun of PTSD, but what I'm saying is oftentimes some of us have been scarred because we've prayed for things and they didn't happen in the, in the way that we thought they were happening. It's made us a little bit nervous to speak things into existence. Oftentimes we struggle with that, but we're afraid to pray audacious prayers and to speak, and speak them so others will hear because it might ruin our reputation. Yeah, it's quiet in here, but I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, this has been rolling in my heart. We have to remember it's not our reputation, it's, it's his. It's not our reputation. When we pray, when we're praying in faith, it's his reputation that's on the line. It's not your reputation. It's his reputation. And I can tell you, uh, this is how I know that. I can't heal anyone. You can't heal anyone. Christ through you can heal people. And it's his reputation that's on the line. And Christ is the only one that can save anyone. And it's only only he can, but in faith, he could use you as a vessel. John 15, 5 says this, without me, Jesus would say this, without me, you can do nothing. Some of us need to be reminded, hey, when we, are, when we become a child of God, when we are in right relationship with God, do you realize who you are partnering with there? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and let me tell you, he has called you to walk with audacious faith. James 4, 2 says this. We have not because we ask not. I love this about James because he pushes the envelope oftentimes. And as the pastor of this church, listen, I want to start speaking things into existence. And as the people of this church and the families of this church, we've got to start speaking things in faith. Amen? Man, I don't know about you. I want to grow this area in my life. Not for my reputation, but as a servant to him. Everyone say, speak it. Number two, here we go. Visualize it. Visualize it. So first we speak those things in faith, and then we have to visualize those things. You know, Hebrews 11 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
And I, I, I begin to think about this, and I think about visualizing things. And when me and Tristan were dating, there was a point where we were dating, and I realized, hey, this is getting a little bit more serious. And I began to visualize, can I imagine my life with Tristan for the rest of my life? And I began to not just look at her as just somebody to date, but I began to visualize in my mind, this lady might be the lady that I I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And I begin to think about this. What would it be like to have kids with her? What would it be like to, to have a home with her? What would it be like to build a family together? And begin to visualize that. Maybe, maybe, maybe here's a better example. Uh, maybe, maybe oftentimes, often little girls often visualize about their wedding day. Way back when they're young and they, they may see their mom's wedding dress and they may hold their mom's wedding dress and they may think about, they begin to visualize those things. Maybe some of you are visualizing things in advance and you're thinking, hey, the day that I graduate college or the day that I get this career, you begin to think about this. I want you to look at this. I want you to look around. Look at this building that you're in. The building that you're in was somebody's vision. The, the building that you're in is somebody's, somebody had the audacity, somebody had the faith. Many of you are here today and said, we don't see it yet, but by faith, we will build this building and we will build this church. And as a church, you began to see a beautiful building with beautiful people worshiping God, coming to get saved, get baptized, and sending people out in ministry. And it's because somebody had audacious faith that said, hey, not only am I going to speak it, but I'm going to visualize it. Before I came here almost a year ago, we were praying about moving here, and I could visualize, and I began to visualize our family here doing ministry of the gospel here, and I could see God using the giftings that, that he had given us to further his kingdom, and I could see, and I began to see things, and I began to think about uh, the prayer meetings, and I began to think about nights of worship, and I could, I could, I could see people getting baptized, and I began to visualize the men, men's group where men were, were, were uh, iron was sharpening iron, I began to think about the women's group where women were leaning on each other, and as I began to think about this, I began to think about a youth group that was on fire, and revival was moving through a youth group, and I began to think about our kids' ministry and how we're raising up the next generation of leaders. And as I begin to do that, I begin to visualize those things. There's power when you begin to visualize those things that God has spoken to you. We speak it, but we also need to keep our eyes on the prize. Visualize it. Everyone say visualize it. Let me ask you this. What is your son stand still miracle that you are needing in your life right now? What is your son stand still miracle that you're needing? Is it a healing? Is it a deliverance? Is it a restoration of your marriage? You've got to visualize your son standing still miracle. Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen yet believed. That tells me that when I believe, when I speak it, when I visualize it, that God is going to bless it. I know it's talking about Jesus there. But listen, I think the principle works here. Some of you are praying for prodigal sons and daughters. I want you to visualize your kids coming down to the altars. I want you to visualize your kids coming back to God. Speak it in faith and visualize the Lord doing it. You have to see it even though you cannot see it. When Abraham was struggling, I, I, I love this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. When Abraham was struggling with the promise that he had been 
that, that he was going to be the father of a great nation. You know what God did? He took him outside. He said, hey, come outside your tent at nighttime. And you know what he did? He took him outside and he said, look up. So what do you see? I see stars. Yeah, your descendants are going to be more than all the stars. So a little bit later, he gets discouraged again, and, 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 and God grabs him and, and pulls him out. And he says, hey, walk down this beach, and he, and he and pulls up sand. He says, look at that sand. He goes, you see all that sand? Can you count all that sand? That is going to be what your descendants are like, many and many. And church, I want you to visualize things as though they were. I don't know about you, but I begin to think about this. I've had two weeks to sit and to just fester on, on these things. And, and I begin to think about this. I, I see a church with multiple services. I see a church outgrowing this facility. I see a church that is diverse. I see a church that loves the, on the lost and the hurting. I see a church that's reaching this community. I see a church that's touching this county. I see a church that is, that is a place, a hospital that sick people come. I see a church that is moving in audacious faith, a radical faith. Amen? We have to speak it. We have to visualize it. Everyone say, we have to speak it. We have to visualize it. Here's number three. We have to fight for it. If I was Joshua, I would have said, Lord, the sun is standing still. Can you just send some more hailstones down to take care of our enemies? I mean, you did that, so why not? But you know what Joshua did? He went to work. 48 hours they fought. 48, 48 hours they fought, and there, there they kept going. And, and let me tell you something. Joshua, his nature was this. He, he was a fighter. He was one who had faith to take the promised land. When 10 others were, were the 12 spies that went in and 10 others didn't want to go, only, it was only Joshua and Caleb that came back and said, we could take this land. It's ours. He was a fighter. But look at this. The reason I think he was a fighter was because he stood on, on what the Lord had said and what he had promised. In Joshua 1.9 it says, be strong and courageous and do not be afraid for the Lord God goes with you. He, he, God gave that promise to Joshua when he took over as the, as the leader of the, of the children of Israel. And he knew walking in and our text says that don't be afraid Joshua because I have given you the victory. And it's faith in God and believing in his word that will keep you fighting. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, get in the fight. Get in the fight. Listen, I know you're tired. I know you're frustrated. I know you're weak. Keep fighting. Don't give up. God is fighting for you and God is fighting with you. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It never says that it won't be formed, but it says it's not going to work against you because God is fighting for you. He never said it wouldn't be formed. He said it, it wouldn't prosper. The enemy will keep trying to form them against you, and he's trying to make you weak. And many of you are tired, and many of you are struggling in your heart, and many of you want to give up. Can I tell you, you got to be like Joshua and just keep fighting. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. 
Some of you need to learn to fight with your prayer language again. You've got a weapon right there. You need to use it. Paul would say this at the end of his life in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He would say this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. He didn't give up. He could have quit. The guy was shipwrecked. The guy was beat. The guy was thrown in jail, falsely accused, had every reason to quit, but he kept the fight. Up until the day that they beheaded him, he fought for the name and for the sake of Christ. Can I tell you this today? Keep fighting. Speak it. Visualize it. Keep fighting. Here's number four. This one's awkward. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. The last one is this. Never. That's weird. Speak it. Visualize it. Fight for it. Never. Look at this. Joshua 10, 14 says this. There has never been a day like this one before or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. I begin to think about that. That word never there. Do you know the Bible is full of a bunch of nevers? It's full of a bunch of ne never before had a 90-year-old woman had a child with a 100-year-old man and they had a son. Never before had three Hebrew boys not burn in a fiery furnace that was seven times hotter that it even killed the guards that threw them in. Never before had God sustained three Hebrew boys. Never had before had God split the sea so a nation could cross on dry land. So you're saying things like, God, you could never do this for me. It's totally contradictory to what the Word of God says. God, you, you couldn't use me. God, God, you couldn't do this in my God, you couldn't move in this situation. Stop. Speak it. Visualize it. Fight for it. God is the God of nevers. Say, I, I've seen people healed, and I've seen God restore marriages, and I've seen God deliver those in bondage. You got to take those labels off of say, God, it can only happen through you. Not never. Oh, my son or my daughter's too far gone. God, you, there's no way that they'll come back to you. You need to stop speaking that. Jesus was the greatest never of all. He was crucified. He was buried. The devil thought he had won, but was never, ever supposed to happen, but it happened. He got up out of the grave and defeated death, hell, and the grave forever, and our sins forever, and let's be the church that has radical faith. I don't know about you. Hey, let's be known in this area, in, in Lawrence County and Moroccan County, as the church that has faith, audacious faith, that has radical faith, that will, that will speak things into existence. Amen. Are you guys with me today? Come on. If you're with me, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. We got to speak it, we got to see it, we got to fight for it, and these are the best days. I don't know about you, I believe the best days for our church are ahead of us. 
I am very proud of the foundation that God has given us. I believe we have a great past, and we honor that, and we love that. But our best days are ahead of us. We've got to have audacious faith. We've got to have radical faith that says, hey, hey, we're going to be that church that's a little bit crazy. I'm not talking crazy. We're not going to put snakes up here. I'm not that crazy. If you don't know me, if you think we're going to put snakes in here because I hate snakes, I'll be the first one to kill them. That's not us. We, we have doctrines. We have stance. Listen, we, we, there are things that we, we go by. But I wonder, I wonder if we have become so timid as the church that we have, have lacked faith when we needed to speak faith. We stop visualizing and beginning to see things that God can do. What if we were crazy enough to take God at his word? <laughs> What if we were crazy enough to say, hey, God, you said all things are possible. You said all things were possible. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, but I'm talking about getting in kingdom-minded and getting in his will and saying, God, Lord, your will be done in our lives. Your will be done. Listen, if God can stop the sun, if God can raise the dead, he can answer your situation. Bow your heads with me all across this building. He can change your situation. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. I want you to know him. What does that mean? He wants a relationship with you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died on a cross for your sins. We were all born into sin. Romans 6.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were born into it, but Jesus came, and he was the propitiation for our sin. He came, and he paid the price for your sins, and he made it where we could be where we could be in in, in, in in relationship with the Lord again. So today if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you a chance to know him today. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to give you a chance to know him. Maybe you're online. You could you can you can respond online right now. And we, we will we'll we'll message you. We'll we'll find somebody to pray with you, I promise you. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you want to know him today. This is your moment. This is your moment right here, right now. Would you lift your hand? No one looking around. Anybody in the building today. This is a chance to, to, to move in faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, it says it's by faith that, that, that we are saved through the grace of God. It's by faith. This is, a, this is a step of faith. Anybody in the building today? All right. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, TJ, I, I've had a status quo faith. I've, I've, I've had a faith that's been, been stagnant that, that, that I know needs to be stirred up and I know needs to be pushed. And I've got a situation and I need God to intervene in that situation. And if you're here under the sound of my voice and you, you've got a moment where you're like Joshua, you need God to pull out a miracle and just Say, I, that's me, TJ. Would you lift your hand? Anybody in the building today? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you. 
listen, you, you just took a step. You just took a, a step of faith right there. This is what I want you to do. I want everybody to stand in the building right now. Everybody, please stand with me if you can. I want you to stretch your hands towards heaven in an act of faith today. And whatever you're praying for, I don't know what you're praying for, but I want you to speak it. I want you to speak it. I want you to begin to speak it. If you're praying for someone's healing, I want you to call their name and say, God, would you heal so-and-so? If you're praying for restoration in your life and in your marriage, I want you to, to speak it today. Have radical faith. All things are possible through you, Lord. All things are possible. God, will you stir us today? Come on, some of you need to open your mouth. Some of you need to, oh, I know it's hard. I know it's, don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry about your reputation. Some of you need to fight. Some of you need to fight. Some of you are tired. Some of you are weary. Some of you want to quit. Some of you want to give up. Some of you need to pick up your sword and begin swinging your sword and be begin fighting the enemy and begin push the enemy back because God has stopped the sun. He has given you the time. You just got to keep pushing. God, we pray for every situation, God, every need in this place. God, we believe in your mighty touch. God, I pray right now, God, that our faith would be like the faith of the four men who carried paraplegic man to you. God, those who are praying for healing for other people, God, I pray that that faith would be seen by you. Lord, we honor you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, can you lift your hands? We worship you. Come on, let's worship him just a moment. Come on, come on, begin to worship him. Come on, in faith believing. Come on, believe it in faith, Lord. Come on. Some of you need to stretch your faith this morning. is rising in this house. Faith is rising in this house.
rising. Our faith is rising. Come on, our faith is rising. Come on, I'm going to open up the altars this morning. Come on, if you want something from the Lord, I want you to take a step of faith today. Come on. Come, come on, sing that. Let us become. Come on, sing it out, church. today. Seal your word today, Lord. God, I believe faith is going to rise in this house like it never has before, God. God, you're going to take us to a place that we've never been, God. God, and I pray as our faith grows, God, our trust in you grows. God, I pray, Lord, that you begin to move mountains. God, we speak those things as if they were into existence, God. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that things that seem impossible would be moved by your mighty name and by your mighty power. <laughs> God, let this be a place of radical faith. God, we trust you and we love you and we honor you. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Stretch your hand this way. I want to bless you this week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Amen. Do you feel blessed this morning, church? Do you feel blessed this morning? I'm so glad to be back at church, aren't you? Amen. Amen. We have a few announcements this morning. Um, don't forget about our giving. We have multiple ways of giving this morning. Um, Mops will meet on Tuesday, August 17th at 630. Uh, we also have a men's golf outing coming up. I believe it's next Saturday, August 21st. At 9 a.m., there is a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. We encourage you, if you have never swung a golf club, come join us because sometimes that's the best part. So if you, if you would like to join the men, we encourage you to come out with us. Uh, sign up on the, in the, at the Welcome Center. Uh, marriage conference, hallelujah. My wife's not here this morning. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But we have a marriage conference coming up October 1st and 2nd in Corden. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about just getting to sit with my wife and just to, just to refresh. Uh, so we encourage you, if you are interested, there is a sign-up sheet outside, out in the foyer as well. The cost is $150. Uh, we need that uh, turned in at, at the time you sign up. So we encourage you guys to, to join us October 1st and 2nd down in Corden. Church, I love you this morning. We look good this morning. Everyone looks so good. You guys be blessed this morning.